Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast. My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF21 Sports. You can find my work at ETOF21 Sports on Twitter, at ETOF21 Sports underscore on Instagram. Everything sports betting, looking to become part of the team. Hit me up there. We'll start the process. Horse racing at ETOF21 Sports underscore horse underscore racing. Hopefully we'll get some picks posted today for everybody. And at ETOF21 Sports underscore fantasy for daily fantasy football takes. Uh, five things from yesterday. Everything there. Guys, oh my God. Let me tell you what just happened. Phenomenal show recorded. Had my girl Shy come on. Broke down the NBA. Great 40-minute talk. Brandon just came on live from Charlotte. He broke down everything. Um, went to go edit it, and unfortunately shit happens, as so is life. And I don't know what the fuck happened. Everything's motherfucking gone. I have no idea what happened to everything, but everything I just recorded is fucking gone. So... This podcast is going to be just me. I'm sorry. Those guys will be on again next week. My apologies. I feel awful because they took time out of their day. So I just want to jump into everything. Let me just go through everything. I will recap what Brandon said. This is what Brandon said about the race. Brandon said they are putting PG1 on the course, and that is making the grip a little bit tighter, so the race is going to be a little bit differently. His thing was this race is long and grueling. You want to find value. You don't necessarily want to go for the chalky picks, you want to spread yourself out. We both like Tyler Reddick, thirty-three to one. Uh, looked fast, good qualifying, and he could sneak in to a finish. Harvick, you know, he looked good in qualifying, good in the practice. He's starting fifth, currently at eleven to one. Eight wins in an intermediate track. Definitely like we both like him. Brandon said to pass on Hamlin, and the reason why is just because it's been clusterfuck after clusterfuck. Plus, also, remember, guys, he qualified and fast. He didn't look that, in laps, practice laps, he didn't look that good. So he said pass on Hamlin. The dark horses Brandon liked were he loved Eric Jones. Um, 150 to 1, he looked fast. He also liked Newman, 200 to 1. He said Newman looked fast. So those are two... Guys that he liked that were under the radar. I like Jones as well. Wasn't that high on Newman. He also likes Suarez. Suarez is 80-1. to 1. He said Suarez is starting to piece it together. So that's basically the cliff notes of what Brandon said. So, again, I apologize. Brandon's been in fuego. Been a great add to the show. Brandon, I am so motherfucking sorry that happened. I have no clue how the fuck that happened. Um, Now, Let's jump into the NBA playoffs. Now, I'd like to thank my boy Gino for letting me go on his show week after week and talk about the NBA and everything. Um, We had some interesting games last night. The first game, I mean, the Knicks got fucking blitzed. I mean, it wasn't as close as the score indicated. Now, the thing with them is right now, Randall can't do anything. And if Randall can't do anything, that leaves Derrick Rose as the only guy that can create a shot, do anything, get to the rim. If that's the case for the Knicks, the Knicks are up against it. The Knicks need somebody else that can create a shot and make life easier. Randall, for whatever reason, he can't do that. He's not being aggressive. He's not driving like he should. And that's the problem with the Knicks offensively. And they're relying way too much on Derrick Rose. They need somebody else that can get the ball to the rim. Now, in terms of the Atlanta Hawks, this is why the Bucks wanted bogey. Bogey is so good, quick release. I can make an argument that for the Hawks to succeed, to go deep in the playoffs, he's the fucking key, not Trey Young. 
Now, speaking of Trey Young, if you're a 30-year-old and you're spitting on Trey Young, saying fuck you to Trey Run, I don't mean to be a dick, but you're a motherfucking loser, dude. You're a loser at life. And that's something you'd be too much of a chicken shit to do in real life. But yet you're doing it from the safety of your seat because you don't think anything will happen to you? Come on, man. Grow up motherfucking ball sack and just be a man and don't do that shit. You see fans, there's fans at the Astros-Dodgers game getting fights and stands, dude. How big of a fucking loser are you to do that? You're a fucking loser. I'm sorry, if you're a fan and you're swearing F you Trey Young, throwing popcorn, fighting other fans, dude, you're a motherfucking loser. Like, you are such a loser at life, and it's so funny to me you don't realize that. Um, Next game, Celtics-Nets. I mean, guys, this game right here was amazing to me. The Celtics kept on running the same action that LeBron does against them, where the three does the pick and roll with the one, the one switches onto the three, the three just goes to work on him. And for whatever reason, the Nets weren't switching, and that's how Tatum was able to get his 50. They kept on running the same play, same play, same play, same play. And that right there showed why Jeff Green is valuable. Jeff Green could have came out and helped because he is athletic enough to cover the four, but Blake Griffin can't do that. Um, also, there needs to be some adjustments made. I don't know. It just blew my mind how Nash, D'Antoni, Jack Vaughn, the assistant coaches, there is no motherfucking adjustments made at all to what was going on on the court, which kind of makes me question the coaches that are in the position for the Nets. Um so this could be an interesting series. This game four coming up, it's going to be interesting to see how they adjust. That superhero effort from Tatum, I mean, he can't really maintain that. Marcus Smart played well. Kemba Walker, this was he looked good. And Brooklyn, another reason why Brooklyn's going to struggle without Jeff Green is this is the best I've seen Kristen Thompson look in like eight years, it seems like. I mean, the only Kristen Thompson news is about him boning some chick behind Chloe's back. And now he's out there being relevant, crashing and everything. I mean, it it really was something to see how valuable he was on the court with no uh, no um, Jeff Green there. So it's going to be interesting. They play DeAndre Jordan more because Speedy Claxton is just way too small. I mean, my calf weighs more than Speedy Claxton. So it was pretty interesting to see and the, the lack of adjustments and everything. Kyrie looked awful. Harden is Harden. I mean, 11 for 17, over 42 points. He's so efficient. But there's a couple key points of the game where I felt the Nets should have been going to the rim. I mean, Kyrie only two field to go at three throw attempts. But they're doing these spot-up jump shots, one dribble jump shots, one dribble jump shots, three-pointers, excuse me. And they just need to be going to the rim more. So that sets up an interesting game on Sunday, this game four, where the Celtics will be looking to even up the series. Um, Clippers-Mavericks, that game also was pretty fucking interesting. Mavericks got out to that blistering start, and then what happened was they the, the Clippers put Rondo on Luka, and were just like, dude, you're going to get yours. We're not going to double anymore, and Hardaway started out great. I think it was 4-4-3 four to, four, to start, but then he struggled the rest of the way because they weren't leaving him open, and that's the thing in the NBA. When you're playing with these transcendent talents, Luka, LeBron, Tatum, Giannis, whoever... You're an NBA player, and because you're playing with one of these good guys, you're getting an open look. Now, 
when you don't double off Luka and just like, dude, you're going to get yours, kind of like what the Blazers were doing with Joker, that just makes it harder for everybody to make their shots just because they're not getting the open looks. In the NBA, if you have an open look, you're going to make it. So that, to me, was kind of the key to the game. Also, the key to the game was you have old man Nicholas Batu guarding Christoph Porzingis. How the flying fuck is Christoph Porzingis not going down to the low block? You're supposed to be this unicorn. I think that's what they call him. They call him the motherfucking unicorn because he's so tall, seven feet tall, whatever. And you have Dirt Nowitzki there who... I'm sure would come out and help you in your post game, and you're not going there to help. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, it, that's the thing right there. Why wasn't Porzingis down low? Why didn't Carlisle, who I think is a good coach, say, "Hey, man, get your motherfucking ass down low and go to work"? Or maybe Porzingis doesn't have the post moves. And that's the thing with these guys, like Andrew Bynum. People would bitch and moan about Andrew Bynum, but what people don't realize is Andrew Bynum when he was with the Lakers. He was working with Kareem trying to get that skyhook going. Is Porzingis working with Dirk? I don't know. I don't think he is because his post game is non-existent. They're going to have to take advantage of that size and not allow the Clippers to go small because that is the, that was the Clippers' best lineup. So it's going to be an interesting adjustment to see what the, uh, what the Mavericks make because that, that game four, which is coming up on Sunday, is a pivotal game four because psychological... For both teams, if the Clippers are down 3-1 going back to L.A., that's a steep hill compared to being even at 2-2. And vice versa. The Mavericks, dude, they could be like, fuck, man, we're up 2-0, now it's 2-2. I mean, that, dude, that's going to be a pivotal fucking game for it. I cannot wait for that game. I think it's on Sunday. Maybe either Sunday or Monday. I'm really looking, uh, really looking forward to that game. So in terms of the games today, we got the Heat. It's going to be interesting to see what what kind of effort the Heat have coming out here. Do they really want to be down? Do they, excuse me. Do they really want to win the game and go back to Milwaukee? Because I'm sure everyone is, they know, oh, dude, down 0-3, can't come back. Do they really want to go down 0-3 and then have to come back and come all the way up here to Milwaukee, play another game? It's going to be really interesting to see the effort that we get from them. Um, the next game, Portland. Portland. I opened up at four, up to four and a half. I really wish I would have got the four. If I would have been able to get the four in Portland, I would have been locked in. I just cannot lay the four and a half just because I value Denver and Joker so much. But it's going to be interesting to see the, the adjustments that they made. And it, does Portland need to move on from CJ? Like if Portland doesn't make the conference final, I kind of feel they need to move on from CJ and re-up and change the backcourt that they have there. Because I really, the, the defensively, Dam and CJ just, ain't working and they need to they need to move on from definitely cj the other game you know i'm definitely i've already sent it out to my guys i like the wizards today i think you're gonna see the same effort like you saw from boston i definitely like the wizards i am a sprinkle on the money line the thing with the wizards are they're not gonna double joel they're just gonna let joel get him go one-on-one with links the wizards don't shoot many three-pointers so the wizards were more of a three-point shooting team i think they would double more but the, what Brooks does is he's like, hey, we don't shoot many threes, so we're going to try to limit your guys' as many threes, hence not doubling, and hence why Embiid's been able to to eat. But without Beal being 100% and, and Russ being not 100%, Bryant already out, they're really up against it. But like I said, I will take a chance. I will uh, The game three bump, I, 
I locked in the game. I'm trying to get a little bit more value on the first half, and I'll be on the money line like I was for the Celtics last night. Now, the Grizzlies and the Jazz matchup today, that's an interesting one. I definitely like this Grizz. This team is so motherfucking gritty. They're coming home. They're young, but they've been playing a lot of basketball. I expect them to hit the wall pretty soon. But if they're going to win one more game, it's definitely going to be this game. And guys, I'm going to tell you, the Grindhouse is such a great place to watch a fucking game. I mean, I remember when it was 1-1 Warriors-Grizzlies years ago during the Zebo era. I went down there and, oh my God, I mean, the fans and everything. And you can kind of tell now with fans back in it, definitely during the Knicks game against the, um, whatchamacallit, I, um, the Hawks, I definitely felt like COVID was over and stuff was getting back to normal. I mean, it was definitely good to see. I love seeing it, love being a part of it. Um, and definitely looking forward to eventually going to a sporting event. Maybe I'll go up to round two with the Nets and, uh, and Bucks, if it or next and Celt or Bucks and Celtics, hopefully. Um, something else. I saw this online when I was going through Instagram. This one lady, I don't even know the lady's name. She does the thing on Barstool, and don't get me started on those guys. Those guys are motherfucking clowns. Um, she was saying how the Timberwolves don't need a top pick in the draft because they have their positions. Let's just let's just review that statement. You have Cat, and Cat hasn't won fucking nothing. Nothing at all in the motherfucking league. Not one motherfucking thing. I think they should move his fucking ass and take anything they can for him. Because the thing is, guys, and you have to remember this, is once something becomes a habit, and you can take it from me, I'm a coach, I, I've worked with high-level players. Once something becomes a habit, it's a habit. And Cat has a habit of losing. Nothing against him as a person. He's a great guy. Great guy, been through a million things. I'm not knocking that, but losing and not winning the games, kind of like a fucking Zach Levine, has become habitual, so you don't know how to win. And that's the thing right now. He doesn't know how to win. And since he doesn't know how to win, that's the issue. He doesn't know how to win, so he can't be the one guy in that locker room because he's been around losing in the NBA for so long. Now you look at D'Lo. Here's the thing about D'Lo, and I doubt this person knew it. D'Lo has a career plus minus in the negatives. That means your team is better when he is off the fucking court. And you're telling me that the Timberwolves wouldn't be better drafting Jalen Suggs if he was there or Gerald Green or Cade Cunningham when you have somebody that's been in the league for how long and he's a negative fucking player? The team is better with him on the bench? Let that sit in for a little bit. Just let that sit in. Anthony Edwards, no doubt. I really think Anthony Edwards is legit. I think the best thing the Timberwolves can do is if they're in the top three and have a shot at a Jalen Suggs, a, th- a shot at a Cade Cunningham. But take one of those guys. But I'll be honest. I think Suggs' game would play better with Edwards than Cade Cunningham's game. Um, and then you look at the other guy, um, Osque. His points per game dropped two points. His career best is seven points a game, and he's, he was in his third year. And normally how the NBA works, guys, is you first year bucks, bumps and bruises, second year you make a jump, third year you make a jump. This guy went jump, decline. Like, it's just he hasn't shown it. So I'm like, what the hell is this girl watching? And it doesn't even matter that she's a girl. It matters it's poor analysis and poor thought process. And she's trying to say this random thing out of the blue. That doesn't make any sense when you look at it. 
the Timberwolves would be idiotic, idiotic, if they didn't take one of those guys and trade it out of it. Now, in terms of them, they had an interesting thing come up in the sale. The, the sale, it was part of the sale, Glenn Taylor announced, he's selling it to A-Rod and the other guy, that they couldn't move out of Minnesota. Well, it turns out that they can. It wasn't in the bylaws. And that's the thing. Like, Could you imagine like you buy a car and you're like, hey, man, here, here's my car, but you can't drive it out of the state of Illinois. Like, what the fuck? It's theirs. You, you, you made the sale. So that him, this minority order that's suing Glenn Taylor, this in turn may totally change the future of the Timberwolves and change like them moving forward and being able to get this sale. Because it wouldn't surprise me if now Aaron and this other guy back out. So, and I really feel for Minnesota to stay having a team, the NBA needs to expand. They need to get a team in C- back in Seattle. They need to get a team in Las Vegas. But then again, if that happens, does the product become too watered down? Like what we saw at the at the regular season, the end of the regular season with these teams tanking, that's not what they want. This playoff basketball when guys are actually trying, actually putting in the effort, this is the product they want. So it's going to be really tricky for Silver. Does he add teams? Like what, what does he do to make sure the product isn't watered down and it stays at this high level. Also, I wouldn't be it wouldn't be one of my podcasts if I didn't say something about betting. I see these guys posting these tickets and everything and my thing is this is at the parlay tickets. If you're not getting like normal normal value, minus 110 odds value, what the fuck are you doing? If you parlay something, it doesn't do nothing for me. If you're not, if you're breaking even, that's an awful bet. And it just, I just, people just don't understand that. And that's kind of like my rant. I see these parlays and you're like, dude, like, what the fuck are you doing? And here's the thing, guys. All my stuff, tracked on BetStep, tracked on the Action Network, spreadsheets at etof21sports.com. Who the fuck else does that? Over 49 U's in MLB this year. Everything to you. 15 game winners in a row. All verified at Bedstead. NBA, 24 U's. Swept the board last night. Who else does that? And I see these guys charging these insane rates, but where's the proof? Where's the documentation of what you're doing? Here at ETOF21 Sports, we provide you with that. We show you that. So that's today's podcast. The guy, sorry, you know, changed it on the fly. Sorry to Brandon. Sorry to my girl Shay. They'll be on next week. Stuff's just motherfucking crazy, guys. I am sorry. Again, I'm not the best tech guy. Hopefully, you know, those guys will be able to come on next week. If you want to know Brandon's picks for the NASCAR race, DM either me or off the post Boston Sports, and I will share them with you. You guys got my picks. Gave out some free NBA bets. So let's cash some tickets. Pick six, mandatory payout at Churchill Downs. Pick five, carryover at Churchill Downs. Let's cash some winners. Be safe, be well, and let's talk soon.